Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there. Thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 105. Are you normal? I mean, who am I to judge, right? (laughs) So I think of being normal is like a big wide spectrum. And so I decided to do this episode because this is a question that kind of like has tugged at my heart a little bit. It's something that was asked when I was working with clients in their homes where there was a lot of shame surrounded by a lot of the the stuff, the disorganization and clutter sometimes in their homes. But also I'm seeing sort of a trend with some of the feedback where um, listeners who are reaching out to me are sort of like, I don't know if I'm normal. I, I, I see sometimes that trend. And I just think that, again, kind of tugs at my heart because we all want to feel accepted. We don't want, nobody really wants to feel like they're weird or abnormal, or I don't think most people do. We just want to know, like, are we okay? And so I decided to compile some things that are actually more normal than you would realize. But first, speaking of listener feedback, a few really awesome trends are happening. So if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just click on the show notes and there's like a Google form. I really am so grateful I started this. Um, It's a Google form. I, this is a Google forms are my new passion. Just side note, my, uh, we do like Life 360. Now that my two oldest are, my oldest son is married, but my daughter's, she's now on her own. My, you know, we still have the 11 year old at home. And so funny enough, my everyone, everyone jumped onto Life 360. So I can kind of like keep track of everybody and um, like my husband would probably say, just have more reasons to be paranoid and anxious about my kids, but it is what it is. I am a mom. And, um, but anyway, we have like a family chat and (laughs) recently I was like, Hey, I kind of need to know what everyone's travel plans are for the year. So my, my oldest is active duty military and my daughter's boyfriend is active duty military. So we were trying to figure out like how we're all going to meet up and do like a big family get together at some point this year. So I compiled a Google form and sent it out in our family group chat. And as soon as I hit send, like three seconds later, I get a response from my daughter's boyfriend. And he said, Oh, dear God, that was his response to my Google form. I'm sure he was like, who is this woman? Like who sends a Google form? To their kids. I do. I, I think it's a really great way to communicate. Like everybody, I, you know, put required their name. That way I know what their responses are. I feel like sometimes when you're like asking questions in a group text, it gets lost and I hate texting. I really do. I'm terrible at texting or emailing people back personally. Like 
I'd rather just see you in person, have a phone call, whatever. But I love a Google form because I feel like, again, I can control it. I can control the responses. And then I have one place where I can go back and refer and like, okay, here's everyone's schedule for the year. But I just thought it was funny. My uh, poor dear daughter's boyfriend's like, oh my gosh, who is this woman? So anyway, he did apologize, which he didn't really have to. I thought it was rather hilarious to have his response. But anyway, Google Forms, my new favorite thing. So I have this Google Form for listeners. And um, you guys, you can put in it. None of the questions are required. This is definitely a way I literally go and check it daily unlike my email um, or social media chats or messaging, I will go in and check the Google form daily. So I see, notice some trends happening. And so if you're a listener of this podcast and you want to hear more about a specific topic, if you have a specific question, I do do listener question episodes. You can put a real name, a false name, or no name matters not to me. What's most important to me is I just want those of you who want to hear something specific addressed in the podcast have an easy avenue to reach me. So this is the best way to do it. But here are some interesting trends I'm noticing. Number one, brand new listeners are giving me feedback. That is awesome. Hello, guys, and welcome. So I love the fact that you guys are taking time. You're not seasoned listeners, and you're just kind of like, hey, discovered this. I have a question about this. Always happy to clarify. Always happy to direct you to other resources, whatever I can do to help. So welcome new listeners. And for my seasoned listeners, you guys get on there. Give me, I want to hear from you a little bit. The other one are my professional organizers. Hello out there. Absolutely love my fellow professional organizers. So you guys are always consistent in giving feedback and reaching out. And I super am just super happy to always connect with all of you. And the third Uh, biggest trend that I'm seeing is a lot of people asking about motivation. So I think I actually do, I've sort of compiled an episode of some tips to like get motivation because that's what I'm noticing a lot of people are sort of asking about when it comes to time management and organization, how to get motivated, how to stay motivated. Okay, so keep that listener feedback coming. And again, simple as just tapping on the little link in the show notes and then just filling it out real quick and it pretty much comes right to me. And um, I just appreciate hearing from you guys. Okay, so are you normal? All right, number one, let's talk about the first thing that is actually quite normal, clutter. Everyone has some form of clutter in their home. I have walked into beautiful homes where I'm like, what am I here for as a professional organizer? And they've walked me into a space and they're like, help, totally normal. Now, what's not so normal when clutter starts not becoming so normal, it's when it starts to sort of bleed over into other spaces where it's there day after day after day, where you just don't know how to begin dealing with it. Um... It's, it's kind of interrupting or impeding relationships um, in your home. That's when things start to not be so normal. But 
a little bit of clutter that can be dealt with on a regular basis is actually pretty normal. And yeah, we all run into roadblocks and stuff. We all run into to times where we're like, I, I can't deal. And so again, completely normal. Now, my remedy to this is obviously to declutter. And if you really need help decluttering instead of going through every step in this podcast episode, I'm just going to direct you back to my list of podcast episodes. I have many, many that go through decluttering. In fact, I believe I just recently did one on the declutter challenge. And also definitely highly, highly, highly recommend that if you just need more of a deep dive, join one of my membership groups and buy me a coffee. Again, link in the show notes. I have a member-only Facebook group. I do, um, depending on which level that you're in, I will do, um, you can join in a weekly Zoom Um, If you join in at my red level, I have one-on-one coaching, a lot of different resources out there for decluttering. But again, if you just want to podcast or your thing, go back. I have a lot of podcasts focused on decluttering and definitely you want to implement some decluttering habits into your normal routine to keep it at bay. Okay, number two, are you normal if you are overwhelmed easily? Yes, you are. Let's face it, there is something out there that overwhelms us from time to time. And so if you just look at that mess, and you're just like, I just by walking by it, I get overwhelmed. It is totally normal. I find that too sometimes um, where and I'm a person that loves a challenge, give me a good mess, I will dive right in. But Again, I have areas too, or I just have times or seasons where I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed by it, depending on what's going on. But if you do get overwhelmed easily, normal, and I have a couple of remedies for you. Number one, take it one step at a time. All right. So let's, I always give, like to give like a real life scenario. So let's take a kitchen, for instance. Very common. Sometimes a kitchen can be a very overwhelming space for a lot of people. I'll be honest, our current kitchen, we're renting a home, is overwhelming for me. And it's not like my kitchen back at my last house where like, I had all my major appliances and I had the snack area and I had the baking area and I had the entertaining stuff. This one is just an odd layout. It's weird. It looks like it's spacious, but it actually doesn't have that much space. Like this morning I was cooking breakfast and my husband was putting away the dishes and I was like, oh, give me a few minutes to finish breakfast because we kept kind of bumping into each other and, and it just doesn't have any storage space. So it just can be kind of overwhelming to me. But I have definitely managed to just make it work. I make it work for us. I know it's temporary. So we're just making it work. But so I get it. That can be something that can be a little bit overwhelming. But what I've found in in a lot of different homes is when the kitchen is sort of the center of the family home and there's paperwork piles and maybe that there's a Costco haul of stuff that nobody found room for, just didn't get put away and, you know, kids backpacks. And then in there, there's like glasses and cups of half, you know, with water in them. There's, you know, all kinds of stuff that kind of just gets put on the kitchen counters. 
So what do you do with that? How do you face that one step at a time? So number one, definitely implement um, a tidying system on a daily basis, like at least tidy your home once per day where everyone in the family is involved and putting stuff away. And yes, does it involve a lot of complaining and grumpiness from kids very frequently? That's okay. Again, totally normal. Um, so put stuff away, but again, I want you to think about it at, um, breaking it down to one step at a time. So if in general, your kitchen is a problem space, I want you to focus on one drawer at a time, get in there, organize one drawer. Here's what happens when you do this. When you organize that drawer and you walk away from it, you have everything in there neat and tidy. There's no trash. There isn't any random item in there. You've put everything away. You've tossed the garbage. You will think about that drawer and it does start to spark a little motivation. It's almost like, wow, like you almost like want to open it and have everyone walk by and be like, look at the drawer that I just organized. There's something that just kind of happens. Um, for a lot of us when we do this process this way. And then I want you to intentionally stop and kind of walk away and get involved in something else before you go back and do the second drawer. Maybe you do the second drawer later in the day. Maybe you do it the next day. Definitely implement these steps into your daily planning. And all of those little, you know, steps will eventually um make their way and they and they make a big impact over time. Once you finish the drawers, now maybe you want to ch- focus on the pantry. And in the pantry, you're not just going to do the pantry in one fell swoop. You're going to focus on one shelf at a time. Come back, do another shelf. And to that pantry looks neat and tidy. So again, this is a great way to stay on track and not to get super overwhelmed. And the last technique was or the last remedy to use when it comes to um, keeping everything in check is using a timer. And I always say 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes max on a timer makes a huge, huge difference when tackling a project. The key is that you need to step away from the project once the timer dings. And this kind of avoids like distractions and then just sort of like creating piles. I want you to go through the steps, steps one through four. And that's again, why I keep my steps simple. So step one is to clutter and sort. Step two is create a zone. Step three is to label and contain. And step four, teach and maintain. And you use those steps over and over and over when organizing a space. So Again, start small, keep it simple, one step, one area at a time, or if that feels overwhelming, one small chunk of time uh, will help do the trick and keep it under 20 minutes. Okay, number three, again, normality is like a spectrum. So on this spectrum, we have on one end, I do not like to organize And on the other end, I absolutely love organization. I feel like these are two sides of the same coin. I really do. Um, So let's start with the don't like to organize side. Number one, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, why do you think that there's a professional organizing industry out there? Because a lot of us can make a living helping people. We've found a need And we can help fulfill it because we enjoy organizing. So that's totally normal. 
Um, the good news is that if you just don't like to organize, you're living in a day and age where there are a plethora of resources out there. Podcasts for one, YouTube videos, books, television shows, um, webinar, webinars, um, you name it. I mean, professional organizers, of course. I mean, there are so many different resources out there available if you don't like to organize. And here is the great thing. This is what I always encourage everyone to do. Everyone, like, obviously, there's the same steps to organizing. We just all kind of have our own unique spin on how we teach our organizing techniques or methods. Feel free to take a little bit from each of us. I actually really like that when people do that. So I like it when um, people are like, ooh, I like how you do this. I've, I've applied this to my life and so-and-so whose show I watched or book I read does it this way and I apply that. That is fantastic. I just don't believe in a one-size-fits-all. So many of us out there have so much to say. We have a different voice. We have different um, platforms that we put it out there on. And so we definitely, definitely just want to help. There's just so much content out there. So if you don't like to organize, but you know you have to do it, implement it, you're living in a great time with a ton of resources out there. So definitely take advantage of them or hire a professional organizer. Okay. What if you do love organizing? Again, totally normal. Anytime I meet somebody and I'm like, oh, um, you know, what do you do? Or blah, blah, blah. Or it comes up that I had a professional organizing business. I always hear when people are like, I love to organize. I'm like, yeah, so do I. So that is awesome. But and it can be an outlet. It definitely is an outlet for me. And I know it's an outlet for others too. And here's one of the things that I've realized. It's an outlet because it helps me sometimes alleviate some anxiety. And also when life feels a little out of control, I'll kind of go in there and it helps me like feel like I have some semblance of control in my life. I've realized when it comes to organizing. So I don't love cleaning. I'm not a cleaner. Um, but I just love to like go in and like straighten something and put boxes together and match up colors or do something like that. It, it really does make me feel um, great about my life. Maybe I don't know how sad does that sound. But anyway, here is what I just want to say to my fellow folks out there when it that do love organizing, just be very self aware. This is something that was really kind of brought to my attention recently. Um, so nobody likes to be called a control freak. And this is definitely something um, people in my life like to say about me sometimes. And I have fought against it. I'm like, I'm not a control freak. Um, but then it's been brought to light. You know, sometimes life has a way of like putting a mirror right in front of your face. And a situation was sort of brought to life. Like my people pleasing tendencies can tend to be very control like. For instance, if I invite people over to my home, my husband and I love to entertain. And if I invite you over to my home, I don't like anyone to help me. And it's not because I don't think that they can do it as well as I can. It's my love language. I love to just do for other people. 
I love to sort of have the mar- picture of margaritas out and the chips and salsa on the counter. And I just want you to sit and talk to me while I'm making you dinner. And and no, no, I don't need help. I've got it. And that can come across as very controlling to people. I have no intention of it becoming, being a control thing, but it is definitely something that I just like, I just have everything planned in my head. I'm very organized in the kitchen and it's just, it's like my love language, but I have to be very honest with myself. It gives very much of a control freak vibe about me. And so I just have to be aware of that. And like, it's okay if somebody comes in and they do it their way or the plan doesn't go exactly how it is in my head that I, I if I don't want to be called a control freak, then I need not to try to be in control of, and I'm not like that in every situation in life. That is just an example of something that I have a tendency to do. And so I just, I'm aware of it. And so I think sometimes when it comes to loving organization, a lot of us can, we have a lot of similar tendencies. And so we just need to be self-aware. That goes a long ways, a little self-awareness. All right, number four, hiding stuff. Normal, but don't do it. I've often told the story about my girlfriend (laughs) that I got into an argument. She invited everyone over for dinner, game night, something. There was like a big crowd of us going over to her house. And she was talking when we all walked in like, oh my gosh, you guys should have seen this place earlier. It was a mess, blah, blah, blah. I had stuff everywhere. But my neighbor said, just throw everything in laundry baskets and hide it. That's what I do. And she was saying this as if it was like an organizing technique. So then she brought me into the conversation. It was like, you should teach your clients this. And I'm like, no, that's exactly the opposite of what I teach my clients. I don't want them to hide stuff in their house. I know it's normal. I've done it from time to time, but I'm here to say, do not do it. I want you to break that habit immediately if it is something that you are doing. Do not do the dump and hide. Just don't do it. I'd rather... You just have this stuff out and then just like, whatever, like life's been busy lately and we just have a lot of crap on our counters. I'd rather someone just kind of have that than to dump. Because when you dump and hide, you cannot find your stuff. You are not going to automatically go back and deal with that stuff. I promise you that again is very normal. So if you're hiding stuff, don't do it anymore. The reason you are probably hiding stuff is because of Number five, you have no idea where to put your stuff. Totally normal. In fact, even professional organizers, we've encountered this. So when I do coaching or training or just chatting with my professional organizer friends, we've talked about this. Like sometimes it's like this, like, help, (laughs) I'm in a client's home and I am completely overwhelmed and I don't know what to do with their stuff. And so we've all, you know, again, have to take a deep breath and go back to our basics. Like what are our basics of organizing? And that's what I'm here to teach all of you. So it's probably very normal that you maybe will organize a a space and it's beautiful and it belongs in a Pinterest post, but you probably have like a little bin of stuff that you have no idea what to do with it, where it goes or where it belongs. 
So here's some of my tips if you have no idea where to put your stuff. Number one, you must create a home for every item in your home. Yeah, great. I know you've heard that a million times from people. How do you do that? Well, think about your home for a second. I want you to be able to walk in your home and just know. I mean, you you not think of your home naturally. You probably have a place where you sleep, the bedroom in your bed. So that's sort of your sleeping zone, your kitchen. That's where you cook meals. That's where you you know, eat, um, your bathroom where you take care of personal hygiene, you maybe get ready for the day. I mean, you, you know where it belongs in those spaces. You're not going to keep a roll of toilet paper next to your bedstand or, you know, next to the stove. You need that next to the toilet, right? So when you're putting toilet paper away, you know where it goes, right? So I want you to create a zone for every item in your home. That's my step number two in my process. The best way that I want you to think of this is this. When you go into the grocery store, sometimes we go in, or you know what? Let's use Target. I don't have a Target where I live. Um, so sometimes I'm a little overly Target obsessed just because I don't get to go to it as often as I used to. But let's take Target for, for example, because I know that's very relatable. So there are times when you're like, I need to go into Target and grab something really quick on my lunch break or before I pick up the kids from school or whatever. I know my Target back um, in Vegas so well that I could literally give my husband exact directions where something was Um, to the point that he's like, again, control freak, right? So I would tell him, okay, I'm like, walk in, you're going to take a left, go past the greeting cards, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I could to a T tell him where to get something. And so think about it. How, how, how do you know that? That's because Target sets up their stores in different zones. So if you need dog food, you know where to go. If you need kids clothes, you know where to go. If you need those really cute you know, household items, you know where to go. You know, you're probably making a beeline there if you have a little extra time on your hands and you happen to be kid-free at Target. So I want you to think of your home in the same. Like Target could be super cluttered, right? I mean, if they were, they would probably go out of business pretty soon, but stores have to stay very organized and they organize themselves by zones, by creating zones. They have food zones, household goods zones, on and on and on. So if there's something that they get, so you know, in their seasonal section, sometimes they'll get like right now, they're getting like the summer stuff, the patio furniture. And sometimes they might get in stuff where they don't quite know where to put it, but they'll create a home for it. They'll create a space for it. So Target's really good about going in and sort of tidying up the space. And if something isn't working, then they kind of will reconfigure shelves and create it. So they get creative, right? That is also something I want you to apply when it comes to your home to create a zone, but get creative doing it. Now, again, their seasonal section in Target changes, right? So sometimes it's so sometimes in our homes, we have the same, we have seasons in our life. So if you're still not sure, just create a place where this item belongs. It's not permanent. It's temporary. That's okay. So just kind of go with it. 
And you'll find that this magical thing happens eventually where you're like, oh my gosh, I know exactly where to put that now. And you'll eventually find a space for it. So don't panic too much. Again, like the you know, friend of mine, where I was like, stop telling everyone at the party to just hide their stuff in laundry baskets and shove it in the closet. No, I'd rather you just keep the stuff out and then just deal with it when you can. People are actually very forgiving. Most people, when they come to your homes, most people, not all, are actually very forgiving because their home looks like your home. So there's definitely this normalcy when it comes to homes. But definitely don't hide stuff and definitely create an item for every item in your home. All right, moving on to number six, judgment of others. Some people love it and some people hate it. Totally normal. Again, two sides of the same coin. So for those that love it, I mean, we live in a world where people love to be judged by others. I mean, judge the word judgment I think always has a negative connotation, but I think it could go both ways, right? I mean, we judge people very favorably too, like people we just love, like, you know, you, you like them, you, they're worth those like, you know, little like taps on social media. So, and there are people that love the judgment of others. They are really willing to put themselves out there. I guess I could be in that category as well. I'm a content creator. I put myself out there in the world to be judged by. I don't love it though, I'll be honest. It is something that I do struggle with, but I love just creating content and connecting. So I risk the judgment by putting myself out there because I am one one of those. I just kind of hate it. I try to be really nice to people and about people and you know, realize that this life is my journey. I wish I could be and forgive me for this term, but it is a term that I sometimes remind myself of to degaff. And I hope be not to get an explicit warning on my podcast for that. And if you don't know what that is, Google it. If you're offended by bad words, don't Google it. But I'm sure you can get what that means. And to just really kind of focus on my own journey, be, you know, be focused on the person I am and not the place that I live. And that is something that's really hard for people. Um, I've seen so many people who really live by the judgment, the positive judgment on where they live, the type of home that they have. And when in reality, it's much more satisfying to be, to put that energy and focus into yourself and like, I want to be the best person I can be and not, and, and have good judgment on the person I am, not the place that I live. Um, it's also a really great reminder to know that my life is not about fitting into a mold that others have created for me, that I'm here to create my own mold or to live mold free and to just really kind of focus on, again, my journey, my thing, my purpose in my life and not put so much into what others are thinking of me. I know easier said than done. I often think real quick, a uh, side story on this. My husband is someone who's really good about not really caring what people think. But my husband is also, he's just this easygoing guy, or so he likes people to think sometimes. And he he's sort of that guy that like if we're in a group of people, like strangers, he will make that one wise guy crack that everyone thinks is hilarious. And people like high-fiving him and they just think he's the funniest guy. If I were to make the same joke, nobody would find it funny. <laughs> so 
I will, I always do tell him, I'm like, you, he's like, I don't care what other people think of me. I'm like, no, you kind of do. That's kind of your way of like, you like being the cool, funny guy in the room. And so again, he sort of kind of thrives off the positive judgment from other people. And he does it really well, much to my chagrin sometimes. But anyway, maybe I'm just jealous. So moving on to number seven, very, very normal to both get distracted easily and also to find distractions to not deal with stuff. Number one distraction. I mean, come on, our phones. My goodness, like I had some work I had to deal with um, this morning when I first woke up. And so I, my husband mentioned like we li- we live one mile north of the the Florida border, so we're really close to Florida now. And so he was like, "Oh, guys at work, we're talking about X, this place and that place in Florida, cool little day trips." And instead of going over to my computer and typing in and signing in for the day and doing some work that needed, I had some time, but I just my brain wasn't completely like awake yet. I actually got on my phone and started like looking on Airbnb and googling or all of these different places that people at work had told him would be really fun weekend trips and stuff just to kind of find a distraction from what I had to do. Totally normal. We all do it, right? And I will say we all do it. There's probably not anyone that does not uh, utilize this. But what about when you just get distracted easily? Like there are tasks. um, There are times where I'll sit down to do something and I dread doing it because I'm like, please let something distract me because this is a hard task or I just don't want to deal with this. Um, Again, very, very normal. So some things to consider that to help with distractions. Number one, small chunks of your time can make a huge impact. Again, this is a timer technique, people. The number one thing I preach about, preach about, preach about over and over. I use it for myself. I've used it for my clients. I use it for my kids. I'm like, just give yourself enough time. There is something about our brains. Our brains are wired to be distracted, I guess. And so we just need to know how to manage that. We're not going to change our brains. We just need to know how to work with what we have. So let's deal with distractions. And the way you deal with distractions is let me focus on this for X amount of time. And I've said it many times before, there's many studies that have been done out there that the average adult attention span is about 18 to 20 minutes. I've even seen like 15 to 18 minutes. But again, our brains are kind of made to be, they're wired to be distracted. Just know that going into something. So use a timer, say, hey, I can focus on this for 15 minutes and then I can walk around, move around, move on to something else. Um, So definitely. And again, if it's something that you just don't want, it's not with everything. I mean, there are things I will dive in and lose track of time. But other times... um, Again, there's just things that I just don't want to have to deal with. All right. The other remedy to distraction is know your goals. See an end in mind. And I hear this and this is something I'm trying to get a grasp on where they're always like, do your goals backwards. It's like, for instance, a financial goal. So say you want to have, you know, five, I don't know, what's, what's, a, num- what's a good number? If you want $5,000 in your savings by the end of the year. 
set that goal and then you have to work backwards. What do you have to do during the next 12 months to make that happen? Well, what can you cut out X, Y, Z? You can go beyond. I've heard this like five years, 10 years. Where do you want to see yourself and then work backwards? That is a kind of a difficult concept for me to completely grasp. So I've actually been um, kind of researching that because I, I do like it, but I'm just like, how do I do that? So it's just something that's really good to just kind of keep your goals in mind. Like it, what what it does is that it says like, am what I am, am what I'm doing right now at this moment? Is it moving that needle towards my goals? Like is scanning Pinterest for an hour and a half helping me with my business? Is it helping me with my fitness goals? Or am I just filling this as a distraction because I don't want to have to go do what I know I need to do for this, this to work towards this goal or to be this person that I want to be or to, you know, move the needle in this direction. So just knowing your goals just sort of help you keep an awareness about what how you're spending your time. Because again, time most precious resource we have. Don't want to scare anybody out there, but let's just the honest to God truth. So let's just be a little bit, again, self-awareness goes a lot of ways. How are we spending our time? We don't have to spend a huge amount of time doing this stuff, but we can break it down to small chunks and kind of chip away at, at it. And the last thing I want to say about distractions is it's okay. Like if you do do this and you're like, you know what? I need to get this task done. I'm going to put 15 minutes on the timer. I'm going to get it done and then I'm going to reward myself with something. Sometimes I do that. And sometimes like, it's like I get to sit down and chill out and watch like a YouTube video because I, my brain needs a break or I'm going to, you know, I've been really good and this financial goal, this is something I've been wanting for a while. I'll go ahead and buy it or something, you know, give yourself a reward. Um, Something that's maybe good or healthy or doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, something financial or tangible can just be like kind of give yourself a break too, just a reward with something. Maybe I'm just going to go take a bubble bath or just going to go listen to, you know, my favorite playlist on my uh, phone. And, you know, again, sometimes that really does help us. Even as adults, we do it for our kids. We sometimes like, hey, if you get this done, I'll give you a reward. Well, give yourself, be be that person to you. You're an adult. You still deserve a, deserve a reward. So give it to yourself. All right. Last one, number eight, fear of letting go. Totally normal. Absolutely normal. This is one of the biggest challenges that we all face when it comes to decluttering and organizing. Like, what if I need it? What if I need it and I can't afford it? What if I need it and I can't find it? Um, what if I give it away and so-and-so who gave it to me finds out? Um, the list can go on and on and on and on when it comes to the fear of letting go of something. Um, one of the biggest ones is you know, when we've attached so many memories or sentiment to an item. And I want to address that one real quick, because if you do have a very sentimental item, honor it, honor it, keep it and honor it as long as you are honoring it, not shoving it in a box or bin in the garage, 
where it's going to take up a lot of space. But honor the item. There's certainly items that I have that are very sentimental that I'll keep. And then if the day ever comes where I'm okay getting rid of it, then you know what? I'm ready to let it go. Um, but definitely I want you to know that if it's a sentimental item, and I always tell people this, your memories do not go away when you give away the item. I promise you, I promise you they don't. It just does not work that way. If you have a loved one who has passed on, and I've encountered this, and I've talked about this very emotionally on the podcast, many times, but I've had to let go of items that belong to family members that I've, and loved ones that I've lost. And guess what? I still have their memories. I promise you, their memories do not go away when you give away the item. Now, if it's other stuff and it just falls into the categories of just like, what if I can't find it again? I spend a ton of money on it. What if I can't afford it? All of those fears of letting go, I want you just to try a few things. First and foremost, I want you to put that item in a conspicuous spot. Like I want you to see that item all the time. I want you to put it in a spot where it's just going to be very noticeable. I don't necessarily want it to like bug you or bother you. That's not the point. I just want you to have like a constant reminder. So if there's an item and you're just like, oh, I really don't have room for it. I can't find space. I haven't used it, whatever. Put it where you're going to see it like every day because I want it to be top of mind. I don't want it to be pushed back and like you forget about it again. And then it just becomes, again, part of the clutter or the stuff that is taking up uh, valuable space that you could be using for items that you do use, love, wear, whatever. So put it in a conspicuous spot. Another technique that's really helpful is that if you do have an item, put a use-by date. And this is something that, again, I went through with a lot of clients. Some of the most common ones are exercise equipment. Um, if you put a use-by date, if you don't use that exercise equipment the next 30 days, are you really going to use it? Maybe it's time to pass it on and to find a home for it with someone who will use it. Another uh, um, area where I find this a lot are the big kitchen appliances. I mean, especially don't, doesn't everyone feel like through the pandemic, like everyone like was air frying. That was like, when the, like, we're going to be those people, like our kids and grandkids are going to be like showing stuff on social media or whatever social media looks like at that time. And like making fun of it, like they do from like the 70s, 80s, and 90s, like, oh, remember air fryers? Um, I feel like that's going to be like the new, the next trend that people are going to sort of like, haha, my mom used to air fry everything. Um, so anyway, if you have an air fryer and you're still using it, awesome blossom, but I'm guilty of this. I don't know if I've actually, I think my daughter used the air fryer more than I did. And now that she's on her own, I probably should either give it to her or start using it. So put a use by date. Um, entertaining items. Um, sometimes we, or holiday items, seasonal specific items, put use by dates. Um, this comes around for Christmas. Um, I pretty much only decorate for Christmas now. I am whatever the version of Scrooge is for every other holiday, including Halloween, Easter, whatever. I don't like to decorate for them. And my kids, I think I like half-heartedly kind of decorated sometimes and 
my kids were like, just to kind of keep them happy. But then I just had to come to the conclusion, I'm not a holiday decorator person. And um, so when we made the big move last year, away went all of the little tidbits of Easter and Halloween stuff that, that I had collected over the years and never used. So anyway, that's definitely something. So put like, you know, maybe on the outside of the bin, a little piece of tape that says used by this date. And if you don't use it for that next season or holiday or party that you throw, then maybe it's time to let it go and, you know, realize that you no longer use it. So do a recap real quick of the eight items that are totally normal. Clutter, totally normal. Getting easily overwhelmed, normal. Don't like organizing, but some of us do like organizing, both super normal. Hiding stuff, normal, but don't do it. Stop doing that, break that habit. Having no idea where to put your stuff, super normal. The judgment of others, hating it or loving it, super normal again. Getting distracted easily or finding distraction to not deal with your your stuff, also normal. And then the fear of letting it go, totally normal. So hopefully you found a little bit of inspiration, some tips that you can apply to your own life when it comes to this episode. And hopefully you're feeling like, you know what, maybe I'm a little bit normal. Cause like I said, nobody ever wants to feel like a total, not normal, abnormal person. So, all right. So continue to let me hear more about what topics are most important to you guys. Send me your personal questions, your, your time management, organizing dilemmas. How can I help you? What do you want to hear more of? Maybe your professional organizing business. Are you thinking of starting one? What questions do you have? I would definitely love to address all of those in an upcoming episode of the One Organized Mama podcast. In the meantime, do me a favor, click over on the link to buy me a coffee. This is a great way for you to show support for the podcast. You can buy me a coffee if you just think that there's something that was really helpful to you. Um, That's a great way to show your support. I have a member-only Facebook group, three different affordable levels, starting at $9 a month. Um, The Facebook group is only for members only, just to keep the integrity of the group. I really want to build a community, so it's a group that I'm actively working on building right now, and would just love to connect with more of you. Um, Depending on the, the different membership level, I am doing weekly Zooms um, on a monthly topic. So if you check out Buy Me a Coffee, look at my page, check out the post, just kind of poke around there. Do me a favor, give me some likes in there. And then um, check out the schedule that I have coming up for upcoming topics. And perhaps there's a month where you're going to want to jump in and do a diaper deep, diaper, what am I saying? A deeper dive into that topic. Sometimes I get so tongue tied. But anyway, definitely a way for us to build a little bit more connection with this podcast. So thank you all for your support. And again, hello to those new listeners out there. Love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast.